makeup artist, product development expert, and MAC Cosmetics veteran, Nick Gavrelis is also the founder of Iero Beauty. A beauty and lifestyle brand, Iero combines plant-based actives with the art of ritual for holistic self-care experience. Stay tuned for more on this. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern health wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delight to welcome our guest for today, Nick Gavrelis. He is a renowned cosmetic innovator, makeup artist, and now the founder of Iero Beauty, a holistic brand conceptualized around beauty as a sacred practice. With over 30 years in the industry, known as the visionary guru of skin and foundations within Estee companies, Nick was behind some of MAC Cosmetics' most beloved and best-selling formulas. Drawing upon his product development expertise, Nick has also embedded his passion for mindfulness and rituals in his approach with Iero. He worked with a spiritual healer to co-create rituals that accompany each product, leaning into chromotherapy, aromatherapy, and healing crystals for a multi-sensorial experience. I love that the line was also inspired by Nick's Greek heritage and journey with breathwork and meditation. It's a journey I'm on myself, and I know I'm consistently returning to those pillars of mindfulness and authenticity with Fable and Main as well. So I'm so excited for our conversation. Uh, I can already tell we have so much in common. So Nick, just thank you so much for being with us today. Akash, thank you so much for having us on today. We are thrilled to finally get to meet you uh, virtually, and we are aligned with what you've just said. It's just music to my ears. Well, so Nick, I ask all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Nick? You know what? And I think that this is really a perfect timing. Since um, since childhood, I definitely have been one that uh, finds myself escaping into daydreams. I'm a dreamer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, an altruist. I find that in life, it's important to be true to the principles and philosophies that you believe in. And as of the last few years, there's nothing more rewarding than when you're able to align what you do, your advocation and your passion as far as your profession with these philosophies that are true to who you are. Um, so it's, it's, I think, in a nutshell, a great way to capture, I think, who I, I am. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that dreamer. And I think that's uh, such an important thing is, right, is always making sure your your dreams don't inhibit you, but inspire you. So to always don't have any restraints on them. Keep on dreaming. I think it's a very important message. Um, yes. And there's so much you've done in your career, which I'm sure 
started once as a dream and then it became a reality. So I want to go into all of those. But first, I know you were born and raised near Baltimore, Maryland, same as my my mum's brother near Severna Park. No so, way. Uh, How about I've that? I've been to Baltimore all the time, you know, the kettle corn. And like, uh, I, I, I just, yeah, Maryland has been a bit of a home for me growing up as a child in the USA. So I would love to know sort of your first earlier memories of beauty, but also knowing that you came from a Greek heritage, right? So there might be some rituals that come from those generations too. Well, you know, it's really interesting. The beginning of my journey, the segue into beauty, um, I cannot say aligned with um, Greek culture necessarily, except for one thing I can say um, since literally um, ancient Greece, Greeks are obsessed with beauty um, and not physical beauty, the being of beauty. And so that definitely was instilled very early on, uh, for sure. But my journey actually into the beauty industry was by accident. Um, at university, uh, I was fine art, studio art, photography, printmaking. Uh, and I had this notion that, you know, I am going to become a world-class fashion and, you know, editorial photographer. And I was inspired by some of the greats um, in those days um, that um, every time I would see their work, I would just get so excited and my creative juices would get flowing. I was assisting a fashion photographer uh, and I remember like just loving our studio session, setting up the lighting, designing ahead of time, what I knew she was going to like. And one day that I was doing that, we got a phone call um, and models started showing up and literally um, she just looked like she was going to drop dead. And she's like, Nick, bad news. We don't have a stylist today. The makeup artist just called out sick. Look, all right, I know that this may not be your thing, but would you mind stepping in? You know what I'm looking for and you know how the light is going to play off skin and you know we want clean. Could you possibly step in? And that began my love affair, um, eventually um, supplanting my uh, passion and um, dreams to become a world-class fashion photographer. And I started working in makeup, um, you know, literally doing a lot of testing, a little bit of editorial, small bit of commercial work, uh, and then this segue to retail, to augment and to actually make some money. I started rotating throughout the Washington DC and Maryland area in fragrance and the beginning of beauty. And though I wasn't licensed at first, Somehow, my crazy vision and lack of actual real skill translated to the consumer, oh my God, I, I want to learn more from you. And so it began my career in makeup, which led me to you know the amazing MAC Cosmetics early on as a retail artist, a retail manager, then you know artist training and development, heading up the East Coast. I left for a short period of time, uh, and that was, I think, really an amazing um, journey for me to start a brand with one of my best friends in the days of the first indie beauty brands, those brands that came after the launch of Mac as Mac began to scale. And the brand was called Pretty Pretty. It was embodied by Uptown Glamour with a downtown edge. Um, but unfortunately, we were undercapitalized. Uh, and you know, ultimately, I had to look at where my next steps were to be. 
And at that point, and this was literally about 9-11 time, so it was a very scary time in the world, uh, I got a call um, from friends that were still at Max saying, you know, hey, they're asking about you. They want, they want you to come back, you know, would you consider? And so I made an appointment with one of my great mentors who I respect brilliantly, John Dempsey. And he introduced me to Jennifer Balbier, um, who was my amazing boss and mentor for 20 plus years. And um, so, so it goes. I went from literally creating a small little indie brand and getting my feet wet in product development to literally um, rising to lead global product development for Mac. And I'm so grateful for these people that believed in me uh, and that I was able to learn so much and be so inspired by uh, because it brought me back to my artistry roots. Um, and so it was an amazing 20 years. So that really is the journey. And the journey into where we are now happened um, at a time when, for me, the world was feeling wound way too tight. This was just before COVID lockdown, the first one in 2020. Um, there were some changes within my reality, my mom aging into her late 90s now, began to decline. And I was literally on trains every week to go from New York to Baltimore, Baltimore to New York, trying to continue, uh, you know, keeping up my, my job, which I loved, I was passionate about. Uh, and I had to make some decisions as her health began to really decline and I needed to transition her. Um, the beautiful thing was I followed my intuition and faith, and that was, family first. My boss also really encouraged, you know, me to, hey, you need to take care of your family. Your heart is important mm -hmm. to me. Um, and so I went on a leave of absence and ultimately had to resign. And it was a hard decision. But let me tell you, that time um, really was magical because I started to really examine what's important uh, in my life? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? So that's the story of how I got into beauty and the beginning points of where we are now. That's amazing. And I think it's what's really incredible about the journey, which I want to talk about when you go into how you started, Iero, is you had a business before and it didn't necessarily fully work out the way you probably intended to at the beginning, but it didn't stop you from going again and trying another, you know, trying it again with a, a different point of life and a different point of purpose. So I want to speak a little bit though about the purpose before we get into Iero. So you, you said it about it now, but when I, when I hear, when I read about Iero and I've experienced it, it's literally everything I feel sometimes beauty is missing, right? It's mindfulness, intentional, it's slowing down, it's thinking about rituals. This is sort of what I've been taught and raised with Ayurveda growing up as a child, right? My grandma was always like, you know, we used to say, instead of put oil on your body, my mom, my grandma would say sneha, which means lovingly put on the oil. You're not going to just put it on, you know? So everything had this verb of, of intentions and affection. So I always thought of beauty as that. And then I got a bit confused. Like I worked for Estee Lauder, I worked for Dior, I worked for these companies. And it was always written like, apply two drops or put on, wash off. And I was like, this is so stagnant. This is, there's no, there's no <laughs> feeling, there's no love. And when I read about all your products and I read how you, you talk about it, experience it, I was in love. So did you feel, before we even get to White Yero, did you feel that same feeling in the industry? Like there was a lack of this intentional 
holistic beauty out there? I did. I think, um, you know, this, the ideation of Ioro for me, when I started a concept, what potentially could be, was actually in the very beginning of that spring 2020. So I had my partner and I were both locked down, uh, working remotely from Baltimore, not being up in New Jersey. And um, I, I felt like, all right, what is important to me? If I were to do something in beauty, if I were to just dream something up. So it was really an experiment at first in terms of what could the possibilities be? What are these strange synchronicities happening? Um, what could I bring to the table with you know, my life experience? And then how can I better align beauty to my personal philosophies and what i really felt was missing you know we knew obviously the gen c table stakes were very important and also um important to our philosophies um yeah. ultra clean vegan cruelty free gluten-free because so many we didn't understand this when i was young so many of us have issues with gluten mm. so many of us have uh, issues with beauty that may not be at the same level of clean as far as adverse reactions or sensitization yeah. um, and so i knew i wanted to do something that would align with those table stakes including sustainability uh, mm. but i wanted to do it different and so uh, again inspiration, um, researching, uh, lots of conversations with friends, extended family that are within a variety of areas from literally theosophy and philosophy, a dear friend who's a professor, who's also Greek, to family. My um, second yeah. oldest niece is a healer across many modalities. She's a Reiki master and an inspiration for me. I had her in my arms as a baby. And what's so wonderful is she came into this world with wisdom and light um, that has you know, completely inspired me in everything I do. So all of these things started to play out in my head. And I knew that to, to put forth another beauty brand, um, especially starting off with uh, the skin, which to me is where your divine spark begins. This is where it translates out. It emanates from inside out. And yeah. some people call it beauty. Some people call it confidence. But um, that divine spark, uh, my feelings were, I want to encourage people to be more in touch with that incredible bit of divinity within them and how beautiful it is and how sacred that is. And hence the name Ioro came from a lot of research and brainstorming from ancient Greek. What word or description could align with this concept of don't hide it anymore, reveal it, yeah. share it, spread it at a time when the world most desperately needs um, yeah. to feel it and see it and understand it's real and break down that barrier of how we isolate ourselves. We're all interconnected, um, just as we are to the cosmos um, up and around us. Um, and just as we are attached to earth, we are of the earth, not from exactly. earth. You know, all of these little cues, I felt like, how can we bring it in? And I knew at that point that needed to be, you know, one of my important missions was to bring back about a brand that would align with that and celebrate that and perhaps 
give others on the same journey a feeling like they've been heard, that they've been embraced and hugged, and that as a brand, we have a big responsibility to do that. Uh, and so I think that really how, is how it all aligns with, um, you know, my philosophies and initial dreams. I have a really funny story because it's happened a couple of times in life uh, where when I'm presented with a challenge, I may not have um, the ability to define the answer right away um, or begin to describe how I would attack it. But somehow a problem married with music and there was a specific song that inspired the very beginning, even before the name Iaro was made apparent to me. Um, and it was a song by Freya Ridings called uh, Waking Up. So two and a half years ago, it was obscure on the American charts, very important on the UK and European charts. I fell in love with this woman's voice. And this song of Waking Up um, was filled with such melancholy and pain but joy and beauty and then realization. And it just equated it to everything that was going on in my life, the beginning of my own process of waking up and coming to deep, important uh, philosophical realizations about life. And that song repeated over and over and over started the daydreams that led me on to starting to create uh, the beginnings of this brand and attracting the people that I'm proud to call my, my, beloved, um, my beloved team, um, who really have brought so much uh, each and every day to what we do. That's so, I mean, so beautiful. And I think uh, generally, when, even from the minute I opened the box and then I had like, Hierro, as sacred as you, like you can really feel the love, the intention at every touch point. It's, uh, it's very thought through. And I do want to start going into now product because of course, you know, there is an importance of DNA, authenticity, and then brand, brand book, brand storytelling, but we need the vehicle of a great product to complement that. What was your initial first ideas of what product you wanted to launch with? And eventually what is the current range today? It's really kind of magical how it came together. Before I even reached out to um, the laboratories uh, and manufacturers that you know I've had decades-long relationships with, um, I needed to figure out even ahead of time what are we looking for. Um, mm -hmm. And at a time when there's so many buzzwords, water free, la la la, you know, I felt like yeah. all right, water is sacred. It carries. Um, information and energy. It's purifying. We are made up mostly of water, as you're well aware. Um, I knew that part of the range needed to be a sacred water for nighttime that could be transformational in terms of your uh, disposition, your mood, and your ability to get back into the present. So um, I knew water was going to be important for me uh, because I use it as a makeup artist and as a skincare um, enthusiast and junkie, literally trying everything on the market. I use water in between every single step of skincare and even with makeup before and then after just to keep everything soft and to keep everything filmogenic and thin in their layers so it looks like it's transformed into skin. So water, um, oil, and 
going back to something that you said, and I really would love if you could tell me again the word your mother used when it came to applying the product um, with love. What is the term that you shared with me? It's called Sneha, S-N-E-H-A-A. Sneha, Um, I love it. Sneha, Um, and it's something that like, for me, it's 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 very very important. It's a very it's a it's a ritual that, uh, yeah, it means like love. But like generally speaking, it's like lovingly love and oil in Sanskrit. The two words together, yeah. Beautiful. We are definitely very much aligned and inspired by that because to me, since literally the dawn of time, uh, even yeah. pre-civilization, the anointment, you know, again mm-hmm. of of oil, of essence, of early primitive makeup really begins with honoring yourself as sacred and not in not in a narcissistic or egotistical way. It really is about arming yourself with beautiful living energy and care um, and gratitude for being in the moment and helping you to get yeah. into the moment, being present. And so for me, all of that was really important with these first initial products. So, you know, water was going to be really critical as a step that would link every part of skincare and makeup. You can always return to it. And by locking it in between layers of um, skincare and prep and ultimately to makeup, you're further boosting or further boosting and capturing moisture that is plumping and life-giving and radiance. So water, um, oil, um, but oil that would serve more than one purpose. So oil that would um, give you intensively um, beautiful um, restoring and anti-inflammatory actives and botanical oils, as well as a multi-sensorial experience. Um, Yes, there's aromatherapy in Mooncast. We use lavender Um, chamomile and frankincense blended at certain percentages to give you that kind of calming, serene, centered feel, most importantly, to help at that moment and to continue guiding you to remember, return to your breath, get out of the past, don't obsess because so much stress happened during the day. You can't change that now. You can only work towards being better and to stop projecting into the future. And so for me, you know, the aromatherapy release was very important in these initial products that were designed for evening, strangely enough, because I felt like I needed it the most at nighttime um, and that we would come back today later and start to really punctuate day. But nighttime, I felt like if I could give a gift, it would be about a calming and centering range of products. We worked in mindfulness cues, like for instance, in our Mooncast Radiant Skin Serum Oil. Uh, We worked with ancient um, blue Mediterranean corn flour. Um, According to myth and lore, it is that comfort and embrace from your ancestral ancestors. So, you know, it's, it's strengthening and confidence giving, but it also has almost a tranquil soothing quality. Um, as well, the indigo blue color of the bulk was really important to me, achieving it naturally with an Ayurvedic blend of botanicals um, was also something that we were so happy to be able to get to. Um, yeah. You know, the water, 
um, the ritual with the water starts with literally um, loading amethyst chips that come with each package into the yeah. palm of your right hand, yeah. blessing with your loving intent, loading into the bottle. Mm. Um, and that every time that you use, you're reminded, one, those are the amethyst chips I put in here. Yeah. And amethyst is such a beautiful a beautiful crystal and a reminder yeah. in terms of grounding tranquility and intuition, but the ritual of literally swirling three times to activate the bulk and hearing this, you know, just makes me excited about now it's time to drench my skin in this, you know, beautiful botanical and crystal cocktail that will drench my skin and moisture and radiance and returning to it through the process, breathing, all really important. So those were the first two products um, that came into um, into my scope, and I started to work that out with each of the manufacturers, and then obviously our emulsion, and then we didn't want to forget about lips, so we did a really yep. beautiful range of pH lips that are really an intensive buttery serum, um, mm. and pH activating pigments, so you get beautiful. a little bit of color that you can wear to bed. You want to look sexy yeah. in bed, even if you're on your own. Um, that's wonderful. Blot once, but you can wear this in evening on date night. You can go out in it. You can pair it with lip liner. You can layer your favorite lip products over and use this as a primer to create more of a multi-dimensional effect. So we wanted to give the consumer all kinds of possibilities uh, mm. to be able to experiment with and punctuate how they feel and anchor in the present moment. And everything has that multi-sensorial experience that you were so kind to mention. Oh, that's amazing. So, so and you can really see, especially with the, the ingredient storytelling, it's such a big, big part of the brand's DNA. Did you find it like um, came innately from you, from your years of research at Mac? Like, did you already have this like hidden, I kind of imagine like a, a hidden uh, notebook of your ideas that eventually one day I'm going to create this brand based on all these factors? To a certain extent, yes, I think the love and the interest and the passion for that was there. I had some initial ideas, but I think, again, I, we all can remember where wherever we were in the world, when we went into lockdown, um, I knew how I felt. I needed to commit myself to something to keep myself out of that um, that rush of adrenaline and cortisol um, that was coming in terms of, is this the end of the world? Oh my God, I have to go to the grocery store. I'm double masking. I have two layers of nitrate gloves on and like, I'm afraid to go out. You know, like those initial months were crazy. And so for me, that time was where I really dedicated to researching um, both online and books. And then also, you know, beginning a lot of conversations and brainstorming about what are some auspicious ingredients inspired by Aegean and Mediterranean culture um, that could be captured. And how could we further that storytelling with these types of actives that actually deliver something to skin. Um, and so, yes, that time was where it all started to come together. And then, of course, briefing the manufacturers, laboratories, and um, starting to go back and forth with submissions. 
across shore because they were, you know, based in Italy and France. It took a little longer. Um, it was this beautiful exchange of ideas and creativity um, to accomplish a vision and to feel supported by that, um, you know, with manufacturers, chemists, um, people within operations that were just so dedicated to helping to bring the vision to life and were equally as excited about it meant the world to me. So it was a really cool um, period of time amidst a lot of chaos and turbulence out there um, on all levels. Um, so I'm really grateful for that time to, to, to make that happen. So cool. And in terms of now, distribution um where is currently aero found is it online for now is it plans to go to retail there there are um definite plans to go to retail um immediately um obviously as a dtc brand um at our website eodobeauty.com but we're also on um flip and super great as well uh, and then we have uh, we've embarked into the negotiations for retail, uh, which is, you know, obviously a, a very challenging time. It was a different world when I launched Pretty Pretty. We were one of the early um, Sephora indie brands uh, there at, at with Pretty Pretty. Nordstrom, um, a variety of really amazing apothecaries and better specialty stores um, within the U.S. and the United Kingdom. Um, but it's a different world now and a very competitive one with over 160 brands that have launched over the last year and a half. It's really frightening to try to break through and to embrace a retailer with what your unique value proposition is um, would be at a time when everybody else is doing the same thing. So yes, our um, our goal and strategy um, over the next few months, we hope to be finalizing our retail plan for North America in terms of where we plan to initially launch in brick and mortar and other digital partners. But for me, um, with my European roots, I think it's so important to look forward at the right strategic partnerships for Europe, United Kingdom, and beyond. Um, you know, with Mac, I got to spend a lot of time um, within um, a, a variety of parts of the world, leading global product development and working regionally and locally, boots on the ground to develop formulas and colors. So I've fallen in love with um, Middle East. India, Africa, um, Korea, Japan, mm. Latin America, yep. um, in addition to these markets. So I hope that we'll have the opportunity and be blessed to um, connect and um, embrace the consumer there and, again, evolve the brand so it speaks to you wherever you are. So you do feel a part of the community and that you feel that the products or product range caters to you and your lifestyle needs as well as your philosophies oh i love that absolutely so just really excited to see what the future holds of Yero, and i think uh it's at a perfect time where the, the especially post-pandemic where i think this merge of beauty well-being wellness conscious is really where what everyone's yearning for and there rarely do I come across a brand that sings to all of these elements so just very excited to see and how the product development increases as well and, and distribution um, but uh, one uh, question before I go into the fire round and we start wrapping it up is sort of 
Would there be an advice to anyone in corporate world, right? So you've had a, maybe a, a large career in corporate, um, maybe even 10, 15, 20 plus years that are thinking about potentially creating a brand. Perhaps they've been in, in the industry long enough to now really question that because they've seen a lot of businesses out there. But maybe like just to start it and then see how it goes. Like what advice would you give? And I, I say this because one of my old CEOs, you know, I was building Fable he was thinking about leaving and creating a brand and he still is, you know, within these companies as different roles. And, and I kind of felt like, Oh, we were both in that same scared, but excited point of should we leave this safety bubble net and go out and create something. Right. Um, and I kind of, you know, wanted to retalk to him and say, Hey, you really want to do this. Why are you still not doing this? So what advice would you give to someone? Well, I, I I think the 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 beauty and strength of um, of global corporations is the consumer intel, um, and even before a thought or an inkling um, comes into play, understanding the various um, target demographics, understanding the competitive landscape. All are things that these corporations have tremendous wealth and experience on. Um, I can think like the last 20 plus years of all the things that Estee Lauder companies um, bequeathed on me, the lessons I learned and the intel shared, um, but it's a rapidly changing world. So knowing that, I think... I don't think that there's fear or skepticism with larger corporations. I think it's a time where they are looking at what has been built and what new talent can we potentially bring in um, to um, help us to reach new demographics or consumer targets or to become enriched with further capabilities um, to appeal, you know, market by market. Uh, and um, I, I don't think that... Um, Obviously, there's anything that they fear, but I, I, I see how wonderful it is that many emerging brands that have broken through are now in beautiful homes with, you know, amazing, respectable, um, brilliant corporations. Um, but I think the lesson that I learned um, from the, the Lauder family themselves, from Leonard Lauder himself, was the whole um, adage of you want to do something, you want to grow something into a healthy state of being, um, you want the right ideas that will resonate, boots on ground, get on a plane, get in a car, um, travel there, spend time, break bread with these people, keep your ears close to the ground, meaning get down there on the ground, get your hands dirty, experience as they experience, and the ideas that will be shared, the sense of community that you will create, um, and the support when something comes into market, knowing it's been created um, with a particular market or people or demographic in mind, um, helps to give you momentum and the authenticity that you need. So I look at big corporations as having amazing resources exactly to do just that. Um, and for you know those of us that are emerging and small and indie to aspire to do that in our own way based on our resources, get there, get out there, get your ears close to the ground and experience and break bread with the people that you want to embrace and ultimately that you want to embrace you back. I love that. So, so true. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, so 
I'm going to, Nick, I'm going to be a bit harsh now because I'm going to a, a desert island question and you can probably imagine what's coming. I'm, I'm being very strict and I'm saying you're invited to this beautiful tropical island, but you can only bring one Yero product with you, only one. So what is your go-to product that you will bring with you? Um, you've made that really challenging. Uh, if I could only bring one product that travels well, um, it would be the uh, the Moonkissed uh, Moonkissed Radiant Skin Emulsion. Uh, again, if I'm on a gorgeous, deserted, um, tropical island um, with my skin and um, sensi- sensitivities, um, I need something that's gonna keep me feeling um, moisturized, give me a radiant glow, restore and take away um, much of the things that have triggered inflammation, redness and discomfort. Um, And so believe it or not, this product, which I created for nighttime, I used morning and night, especially we just got back from Tulum from a whole mindful uh, trip. This is what kept me together as I dealt with, you know, overexposure to sun, even under an umbrella um, and, um, you know, the stress of travel. So this would be my bring product also because I know I'm not going to get it all over the place. It's self-locking and I love traveling with something that kind of locks and stays in its perfect integrity. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, now I'm going to get a fire round questions. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? And it can't be Mac because we know you love Mac and it can't be Yero. <laughs> um, again, that's so difficult to say because literally I love to try everything. Yeah. Um, but when I look out in the industry, there are a couple of brands that um, have always inspired me. Uh, and, you know, I look at Drunk Elephant, um, Tatcha, Tata Harper, uh, La Neige. I mean, the list goes on. I love and enjoy uh, the products, the packaging, um, which inspired me also to do something different because I knew I, I I couldn't look like or feel like or speak like them and we needed to be authentic. But I still enjoy many of these products. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. But yeah, those are my first top of mind. Love it. My next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart? I do. Um, and I feel like I leaked it already. Um, but it was so important to my journey. It's the first thing that came to me um, during even before lockdown as the idea of I'd like to do something different. Um, it came from this quote, and it's on all of our packaging right here. This line, keep your heart and mind open to limitless possibility, and you'll be amazed by what manifests around and within you. Um, that means everything to me, and it's a message that I personally wanted to share um, and spread because we are so harsh on ourselves, um, self-sabotaging, doubting, and to believe in the dreams that you've been gifted, the downloads that you receive um, enough to action or to allow them to keep resonating is everything. And so this little magical quote to me um, is the basis for, you know, what helped me to begin this journey, this chapter of my life, which I'm so excited about. 
And my last question is, if you weren't in the beauty industry, what would Nick be doing right now? <laughs> Gosh, that's a good question. You know, I often thought, um, hey, I'd love to return to my art and image making, but there are a few things that supplanted it. Part yeah. of me wishes I um, were a an educated archaeologist. I'm a fascinated by ancient civilizations and culture, yeah. um, and obviously uh, a geologist because I'm fascinated by you know the beauty of this incredible earth that we live on and that we're a part of her. Yeah. Um, and then cooking. Um, my mom keeps saying, well, you know, with her current situation and dealing with dementia she just loves my passion for food that i inherited from her and creating food i wish i was a chef sometimes or i wish i were a chef yeah. uh, sometimes uh, so cooking is something that I, I i go back to to ground myself to be creative and to share um because it just makes me feel so good I love that. Oh, well, Nick, it's been such an honor and a pleasure to speak to you. Um, but where can everyone continue to follow your journey on socials, website? What's all the, the links? Thank you. So at Eero Beauty uh, on Insta and TikTok and Facebook, yep. um, clearly our DTC site, um, you'll find, you know, the full Monty there. And Moonkist is this range of evening hybrids that I was speaking about. Yep. They are available now with beautiful, um, beautiful tutorials and rituals that have been animated. Um, you can find us on Flip. Uh, on super great um, beauty tap um, while not an e-commerce site um, there's great information and a beautiful editorial i thank them for their partnership and then over the next few months we hope to be able to share what our next steps are as we journey into retail fantastic well i'll be following very closely and uh, hope we can meet in person very very soon and this is just the beginning of um, an amazing friendship but also journey that i'm going to be following with iero so i'm very excited so thank you for sharing all your wisdom and words with us today. thank you i i look forward to meeting you and nikita yeah. i hope that if you do find travel brings you to maryland um that we'll be able to uh, coordinate we're not far i live between new york and maryland but i will definitely uh definitely make sure that i'm in town i'd love to meet you guys and Thank you guys very, very much for allowing us to come and share. Oh, thank you. And yes, we're going to do that. I cannot wait. And I, I will be in Maryland soon. Uh, I have to visit my cousins as well. So uh, count on that. And even if I'm in New York, I'll let you know in the future and then we can even catch up there. Beautiful. I look forward to that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.